Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo and I'm joined today with Hannah Woodward and Tom Terrace. How are you guys doing? Hey, Rob. Great. Great. All right. So for those of you who are uh, listeners from prior shows, welcome back. And for those who are new, Reflections from the Heart is a gospel reflection. So for those of you who have a Bible close by, why don't you grab your Bible and turn to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. Mark 6, verses 1 to 6. And what this is, is uh, this is the Gospel for Sunday. So we're going to read it and reflect and to see how the Lord is speaking to us in our, uh, in our everyday life. So why don't we start with the prayer, if we could. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of this time. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you didn't, want, you didn't want to leave us alone. And this week, Lord, as we prepare for our encounter with you at Mass on Sunday, and also as we prepare to celebrate our nation's birthday, Lord, just help us to, to be people of courage each and every day, to live for you in everything that we do at home, at work, uh, in all of our activities everywhere, Lord, that we live for you and that we have the courage to live the gospel that we're going to going to reflect on today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And Hannah, there's a beautiful prayer called the Serenity Prayer. And I'm sure a lot of us have seen it hanging in, a, in, our, in our homes or in hospitals. You see it sometimes. And I always saw the first part of the prayer on plaques. And we have a plaque in our house. But I never saw the bottom part. So if you can pray that for us, Hannah, that would be awesome. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. 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 That's awesome. And Tom, if you could proclaim the gospel for us. Sure. This is a gospel from Mark. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and J Judas and Simon? And are not these his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there, apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this is homecoming time. Uh, right, the, the boys are back in town, right? Jesus and, uh, Jesus and the boys, uh, but not very well received, not very well received. And sometimes homecomings could be hard, and um, you know, whether it's holiday time or just any time we go back home because people know us and they maybe want to keep us in the box that they've known us from in our, in our past or uh, whatever. So, you know, home, homecomings could be tough. And, uh, you know, so Jesus experienced it. So when we go through those type of hard homecomings and, and people ridicule us or make fun of us or just kind of discount anything that, that we're saying that's, uh, you know, representing our love for, for the Lord, um, we have to realize that we're, we're in good company. Right, that that Jesus wasn't accepted either. Has that ever, has that ever happened to either of you guys? That uh, sometimes the the home front is a little difficult when it comes to the faith. Um, I think sometimes when you go away and you perhaps come back to maybe some people and you've gained some sort of wisdom, sometimes at least for me, I might be afraid to sort of share that, thinking that oh, I'm somehow now I'm better than you guys, and I can almost see that in this this gospel, you know that. You know, um, when they say, like, where did this man get all this? You know, why, you know, w- what kind of wisdom has been given him? And I don't know if there's, like, maybe a twinge of jealousy in there, you know, when, when they—isn't he just a carpenter's son? And Because otherwise, why would they take offense at him, you know? Like, so maybe some, you know, maybe received it, like, where did this man get all this? This is awesome. And then there was others who— where did he get all this in a in a state of jealousy? So, I don't know. Sometimes with me, I'm you know, if I learn something new, I some, might be afraid to share it, thinking that you know I'm showing off or whatever. But um, I think uh, doesn't Mother Teresa that said like if you uh, I can't remember the exact thing if if you're able to do something, do it. You know, or if you're, I, uh, it's beautiful the, 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 the anyway poem, right? Yes. Yeah, people may ridicule exactly, you for yeah. being generous. Be generous, generous anyway. anyway. People yeah. might laugh at you for being forgiving. Forgive anyway. Yeah. So maybe, in, you know, Jesus is actually doing that in this instance. He's going back and teaching. But because of their hardness of heart, they're not able to receive it. And he can't do any miracles there except, like it says, to cure a few sick people. So... Not, that's not a bad day's work either, right? Curing <laughs> yeah. a few sick yeah, people, right? Yeah, so you, even especially that. if you're one of the sick yeah. people. Yeah. Like, Come on over, Jesus. That's fine. <laughs> but, yeah. I think today it's very hard to be a Christian um, just because what we believe is against the popular, you know, general consensus that gay marriage is fine and, you know, not believing in God is fine. So when we go out and proclaim our faith, we often get criticized and people denounce us and, you know, put us down. You're just stuck in your old ways and, you know, you need to be more open and get with the times. And it's just, it's not God's will. It's not what he wants. And so we get the brunt of that. And, and we're going to have to stand in the gap. And, and scripture says, you know, there will be times when, when evil will be called good and good will be called evil. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be tested. We're going to be tested, and and we have to lead with love oh, the whole time, right? Like just like Jesus was, you know, he was ridiculed and spat upon, and he was like a lamb taken to the the shear, right? That he didn't defend himself, he didn't, you know, try to convince anybody, right? So uh, we just have to stand, 
right? We have to stand and lead with love and just be ready to, to give our testimony at, at the appropriate times with love, with humility. Um, yeah. And earlier this week, in one of the daily mass gospels, it was uh, the, the, the possessed man and uh, Jesus casted out the demons into the herd of swine and the swine ran over the mountain, you know, off the cliff and, and drowned. And then the people in the town came and like, Jesus, leave, depart from us. So here it says Jesus departed, but in that one, they're like asking him, leave. And how often in our life, we, we might not say, with our words, Jesus depart, but with our actions, with our decisions, with our thoughts, the way we treat others, the way we omit opportunities to love and serve, each one of those we're saying Jesus depart. And he even says he was amazed at their lack of faith. And I just picture Jesus saying, you know, do you not know how much I love you and want you to be a part of my life and we're still Casting him away and saying, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do instead, what you want. And then I'm going to dig myself in this giant hole and then, you know. And, and I think people have a, a, a warped idea of, of how Jesus would react in the presence of our sin. And this past week I heard an interview. It was a priest. And I was talking to someone who was stuck in the battle of, of uh, pornography addiction. And he, he said he asked this person was in a college age. And he asked the person... Um, you know, when their first exposure was, I think he was you know, nine or 10 years old. And he said, what, what do you think you know, Jesus was there? What do, you, what do you think he was saying to you? And then the person right away went to, oh, he was disappointed, how disappointed he is, you know, how angry he is, how much this hurt him. And, and the priest said, no, you have to picture Jesus with the zeal that he had cleansing the temple, that he will come in and he would take that magazine, he would take that iPad, he would take that computer and toss it across the room. And then he would take you so gently and so lovingly, so tenderly in his arms and press your head against his heart and just say, I'm sorry that this happened to you. I love you. I love you, right? Because, you know, what does Jesus say? It would be better that a millstone is tied around our neck than to leave one of these little ones. So, especially with that scourge of pornography, I mean, that is a, just a full frontal attack. And, and our young people are, are just in the crosshairs uh, in this attack. And Jesus would go after that evil, toss it, and then gently lift us up and tell us how much he loves us. Yeah, we're so afraid that somehow God is, you know, a vengeful God and he wants to, because we've done whatever sin, in this case, like you were saying, Rob, porn pornography, oh, he, he can't stand that, therefore he can't stand me, and we, we flee from the mercy of God, you know, and, and um, I, I picture Jesus just like weeping, not angry just come back to me just come back to me you know my mercy is always there you know even we see it right on the at you know at his crucifixion the the bad thief you know right right then he accepts that him you know 
because that guy, you know, that person just had the humility of heart, like, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. And even though I've done all these horrible things, God still, his mercy is still greater than any, anything that we could ever do, you know, so never be afraid to run to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth us just uh, sharing a little bit of, and might as well read the whole, the whole reading, the second reading that we'll hear this Sunday uh, is, is just beautiful because it's just Paul and his humility and just what a, what a model, you know, so many times in our lives, we, you know, all our lives, we should look to the ultimate model, Jesus, but then Jesus puts people in our lives that are just beautiful models. And, and Paul is a model for, for those who witnessed him. And then for us now who have the, the benefit of his words. So on Sunday, we'll hear uh, a letter to the Corinthians, uh, brothers and sisters, that I, Paul, might not become too elated because of the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, an angel of Satan, to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Right? So Jesus couldn't perform mighty deeds because the people didn't have faith. Right? So in our lives, if we think that we're going to be able to perform mighty deeds in our own, on our own power and our, 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 on our own creativity, on our own words, whatever, our own actions, that's a bunch of baloney. So we need to hang on to these letter, uh, this, this letter, these words from St. Paul, that it's, it's in our weakness that Christ's power is, is, is manifested. So I'd rather have his power than, you know, than any of mine. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, in a lot of, like, 12-step programs, you know, when you finally reach that bottom and you realize, you know, I want to change, I want to get out of this, whatever it is, alcohol or drugs or something, you know, you realize that you can't do it on your own, that it, it, it comes from a higher power, that, you know, on my own I can't change, on my own I can't, um, you know, become the person I want or the person that God wants me to be, you know, the best version of myself I need you know, his strength and his, his um, you know, heavenly wisdom to change my life, too. And so this is a great example of that, Paul showing that humility, you know, knowing that I, everything that I have, everything I want to do comes from God and to turn to him in those moments of weakness, in those moments of addiction, whatever. It's, I can't do it on my own. And Tom, I don't know if you've experienced this at uh, at the men's groups or men's conferences that you've attended, or Hannah, and any retreats maybe in, in your in your life in school. But when you have a you have a, a menu of speakers, and you have a whole bunch of speakers that, that have shared something, and you have a speaker that was totally open and transparent to their weaknesses, and then they share that. And yeah, then you have really other speaks. And then you yeah. have other speakers that just talk about how great life is and and how great you know just like all the rosy stuff and then afterwards when there's a break who do the people flock to the one who exposed their weakness have you ever noticed no, that absolutely yeah it's always the one that that's the one that always touches your heart it seems is that that one who's not afraid and you can identify uh, you know i've been there myself i know what that person's going through when they when they open themselves up like that yeah 
the thing, the one thing I fall into sometimes is, uh, you know, whether it's raising the kids or whatever, that you know you have to have this kind of, you have to maintain this level of, of appearance or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's that's a bunch of baloney. Yeah. Because uh, if people on the outside of the the church look in and think, you know, oh wow, look, all these people are so perfect. I don't I don't fit in. Or they look at my life and say, "Oh wow, look, he's got it all together. I, I can't approach him. That's that's not good, right?" So I just need to be open, be honest, and uh, you know, allow my weaknesses to to be seen, and then boast in in the 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 strength of Christ to, yeah. to carry me through these weaknesses. Yeah, and those weaknesses can be strength for others. You know, like to give them the strength to to do something different with their with them li- with their lives and and this world that we live in with reality TV which doesn't seem to be real at all you know like people are i think attracted to reality you know when someone shares that uh, you know some weakness about themselves and i think these gospel reflection groups are really a great testament to that you know because people can come together and um, share what's on their heart what's in their lives even it doesn't have to be like a men's conference where you have thousands and hundreds and hundreds of people gathered it could be you know two or three and if you open you know up up yourself to the weaknesses that are in your life and how God is working through it it could help that other person sitting across the table from you you know It's, it's a beautiful thing these gospel reflection groups and if, if anybody's feeling a tug on their heart to either join one or start one, that's something that we do at Stewardship Mission of Faith is we can help either plug you into an existing group or if you want to start one, we have uh, we have the whole model. You know, we have a facilitator's guide. We have prayer books. We have the gospel and the readings formatted nicely for for the facilitator. So it's, uh, you know, if you have an openness in your heart and, and, and I feel like a desire in your heart to do that, um, we can we can help. So just, just reach out to us, call us, uh, go on our website at stewardshipmission.org and, and see, uh, see what we have to offer under Gospel Reflection Groups. We'd love to help. This past week, I had the opportunity with my family to serve. Actually, uh, I served and our five kids participated in Camp Guadalupe. Oh, and uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. So it's, it's a camp that was started over 20 years ago in, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It was a ministry that used to facilitate adoptions uh, of Mexican kids into the United States, so they had this camp for the kids that were adopted each year to keep their Mexican, keep their culture and their faith within the culture. But as years went by, they stopped the adoptions, and now it's it's mostly U.S.-born kids. We'll invite some mission uh, children from from missions where there's immigrant families that are in uh, in in the U.S. So we have uh, you know some some folks that come in, but it's just a phenomenal week of just learning and loving and living your faith. Mm. So out of our five kids, four were campers. It's four to 12. And then one was, we call them prayer warriors. So we have probably 80 to 100 campers and about 50 teens from 13 up to 20, I think the oldest one was, that are prayer warriors, the the teen leaders. And you don't need 50 teens for a 100-person camp or 100-kid camp. But we don't turn any of the teens away because they have a chance to to love, to serve. We have adoration all throughout where we send the teens two by two into adoration. They're praying for all the campers and all the intentions. And it's just a phenomenal way for the kids to serve, right? So Jesus went into his hometown, as we hear in the gospel, and he wasn't accepted. And these teens have a chance to to serve in their hometown because it's a parish-based camp and they're trying to be the leaders with their younger brothers and sisters and the younger kids in the parish 
And a lot of times, you know, they see them as, you know, whatever they see them outside of camp. And, you know, so this, so they're getting that opportunity to be, you know, feel a little bit of this, maybe a little bit, a little bit of the ridicule, but um, it was a phenomenal experience. And what we do with the oldest group, the 11 and 12 year olds, because they're always pushing to be the volunteers. Do I have to do camp this year? Can I be part of the prayer warriors? And, And we have a hard and fast. No, if you're 12, at camp time, even the you know, woman who founded it, you know, her grandkids were all 12 last year, four of them. And she said, now you have to be campers. And then, you know, and they're prayer warriors now. Uh, so she set the, set the standard. So the, for the 12s, we send them out on mission where they leave and they take the message of Our Lady Guadalupe to, to various places. And it was awesome to see these 11 and 12-year-old boys and girls enter into situations that that could be and and were a little uncomfortable. The first stop we made was at a home for severely um, challenged kids, physical and and mental challenges. And we walked in, we were running a little bit late, and we walked in with these 20, 11, and 12-year-olds, and we had to walk through for them to put on their, their out their costumes. We had to walk through the gathering area, and there was at least 60 of these kids in wheelchairs with their you know, support staff around and they were, you know, in, in serious, serious need. And, and these kids were, you know, rushing off of the, uh, off of the van in and then boom, you know, into that. And we walked through and we, we prayed, we got them ready and they put on the skit. But what really was just such a grace was after the skit, when, uh, the songs called You Are a Miracle was playing, two of the kids walked Our Lady of Guadalupe, a huge image of Our Lady of Guadalupe around and she visited with each of the kids. And even though they couldn't really reach or, or you can tell that, that you know, there was something there. And then as the song was going on, I told all the other kids, I said, as the song's playing, just go around and just say hi. Just go up and, and you know, touch their arm. And I went around as well. And this one little girl was laying on the side and, and she reached out and, and she touched my head. I have a shaved head and, and she's, you know, touching my, my bald head. And it was just beautiful, that interaction, that, that, that touch of the Lord. And we heard last week about the woman with the hemorrhage reached out and touched the Lord. And then the Lord went and reached and touched the girl who was, who was dead. And he brought her back to life, the whole idea of touch, but being sent on mission, like Jesus was on this mission. And part of the mission was his hometown. These kids were on a mission. And part of it was mission within the camp in their hometown, but then bringing that mission out. And, uh, and it was, it was beautiful. And then after the song was over, um, we had each of the kids with a, a little craft bag and these 11 and 12 year olds sat next to these kids in the wheelchairs. And it was a very simple craft. It was a star that you had to glue a circle on top of. And then on top of the circle, glue a holy card of Our Lady of Guadalupe hugging Pope John Paul II. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that yeah. image. And then the little hole in the star with the string to tie around and a very simple, but these kids couldn't do that. But you see the, the, these 11 and 12-year-olds with the opportunity to step out of their comfort zone. They sat with these, these kids, and some of them, you know, they would put the glue on the, on the, on the item, and they would, get, they, would, they would put it down, and then they would get the hand of the kid that they were with and physically lift the hand and pat the, you know, the thing that needed to be glued, pat it down with that kid's hand, and then put them back. And it was... It was awesome. It was it was just a, a pure work of the Holy Spirit, and then they were blessed because this one boy who goes there, Greg, he's probably the one that was most able to, to communicate. Hilarious, and he had he captivated all twenty 
of these 11 and 12 year olds and he was just talking to them and you know as best he could doing a fist bump and you know they had this one thing he would always say and then they would repeat back what he would say and we have pictures of all 20 kids surrounding greg in his wheelchair and a big smile on greg's face and it's you know that's what it's all about right reaching out getting out of our comfort zone even if it's in our in our own dining room table sometimes that's the most uncomfortable time like you said right when Mm. god gives us the gift and grants us a gift of wisdom or some type of understanding how can we share that gift you know we go to a great restaurant we're going to share it we see a good movie we're going to share it how can we share that gift with love and humility with with those that are closest to us in those situations that we are most uncomfortable and i think i learned not i think i did learn from these 11 and 12 year olds they just got to reach out and touch someone right so they reached out they touched the hands the arms of these these folks that are that are in special needs situations and aren't we all in a special needs situation right i'm in need of healing yeah in, in a lot of areas of my life and i need someone to reach out with the love of christ to, to touch me and and to heal me you know, with his love and um that's a beautiful story and image that you just given us and it, it makes me think of the you know the weakness of those special needs children their weakness was a great sign to those prayer warriors that you brought in there because when those kids grow up they'll always remember that you know those those kids who you know touched my life that day you know in their weakness you know so you know we all have something to give to each other you know maybe that was their gift to these prayer warriors that came in there just as they were able to give a gift of you know friendship and mm-hmm. and you know to them so it's it's beautiful god works through everyone and we, we all have something to offer it's just like that saying one person can't help everyone but one person can help another person hmm. and through that beautiful story that you shared i'm sure like you said tom those those kids are going to be touched for the rest of their lives and the one thing we're saying is hey guys you know, when you wake up and you think you're having a bad day, mm-hmm. remember this. Not to, not to say I'm better than, no. mm-hmm. but just remember, right? Remember that there are people out there that, that have crosses that are heavy, and we all have a cross. We're all called to carry the cross. We're all called to suffer. And like St. Paul says, that you know, we make up for what's lacking in the suffering of Christ, and what's lacking is us giving Jesus our own suffering that he can unite with his for, for grace to be unleashed for the salvation of the world. So it was just a, a phenomenal phenomenal teaching opportunity so uh, with that we want to wish you guys out there a great fourth of july weekend god bless you and protect you this day and always amen amen Amen. reflections from the heart has been presented by stewardship a mission of faith we hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to reflections from the heart if so you might consider participating in a gospel reflection group for information on locations and times of gospel reflection groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, 
thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.